0: Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Buragoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Father God, we thank you that we can come before you this morning. We invite the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us as we Come before your word now. May those words come alive in us today. Speak to us, Lord. Father, we come with expectant hearts. May the Spirit just open our hearts to what you have for us this morning. thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit here with us. In the blessed name of Jesus we pray and the church said, Amen. 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 Please be seated. My goodness. How do you follow that? Um, I think we just get uh, the testimonies just playing over and over. What do you think Luke? And I'll just step down. We just get that testimony in a loop and we just keep going with that. Thank you for joining us this morning, whether you're here for the baptism or you're a regular or you're just visiting. Special welcome to those who are new and visiting. I see some new faces around the place, so that's exciting as well. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Michael, one of the pastors here, and it's great to celebrate the baptism and also have the privilege of bringing God's word today. Now, we continue with our series, Spiritual Rhythm, today with the topic, knocking, knocking on heaven's door. And don't let your mind wander to that song, please. I had it all week with Mike Miles, so please do not let your minds go there, but stay with us, stay with me. And you know, last couple of weeks for me, with the church plant and everything that's happening, like this joy of baptism this morning, So exciting, so many things happening, a lot of blessing and a lot of things that are happening in and around that church plan and in and around the church as well. It's so exciting, but sometimes you feel a bit like this, Michael, please, a bit like this, right? On the inside, you're bursting with joy, but physically you're a bit, I'm out, right? I'm tapping out, I'm tapping out here, but a little bit of rest. A little bit of rest and infilling of the Spirit, we're back into action. Back into action. It's so good. God is so good. But what happens when we enter a season of life for whatever reason, whether it's ill health, problems at work, relationship breakdowns, or even just God seems so distant, so distant, You know, whatever the reason, and we enter a season of life where it's a bit like this picture. It's a bit dark and gloomy, and a little rest don't help. It doesn't help. We had the joys of celebration, but the reality is these days do come to the Christian, right? It's not all rose-coloured. Right, pictures, of sunshine and rainbows, it's not all of that. The reality is we will have times of hardship, trials, right, doubts. We will have these seasons. Now, when Nick opened the series in July referring to the book Spiritual Rhythm by Mark Buchanan, he said this, that we all go through different seasons of life, all of which are important for our spiritual growth and development. If we are called to be with Jesus through every season of our soul, then what would carry us through the seasons of hardship, trials, and doubts, the winter seasons of our lives? Because I believe that it requires a deeper faith that finds God in the dark winter months of our soul. So, how do we find that unforced rhythm? Of grace in darkness. And when we read through 2 Corinthians, Paul gives us this beautiful insight into the weathering of the winter months of our soul as we read from his personal experiences of hardships, trials, and even opposition by the Christians themselves. So today, let's pick up the narrative. At the beginning of chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians to lean into his experience and learn from Paul in weathering the dark seasons of our soul as he lays out the reality of his ministry. Our verse for today is going to be from 16 and 18 of chapter 4 of Second Corinthians. So, in verse 1 to 6 Paul begins by outlining outlining the splendor of the ministry which has been entrusted to him. To share the good news of Jesus, a ministry of the Spirit which brings life, righteousness, transformation of character to everyone who believes, which he called the glorious light of the gospel. He continues, having spoken of this glorious light, Paul continues through verses 7 to 12, revealing the fragility of those who bear this gospel, us, as treasures in earthen vessels. Paul may have been thinking about the common oil lamp, that the middle picture, and the common oil lamp, as you see on the screen. They were inexpensive, but they were fragile. They were very easily broken. And Paul saw himself and those who bear the good news of Jesus as these fragile earthen vessels. And the light of the gospel would be the treasure contained within. Paul, the fragile oil lamp from which the light would shine into the world, that's bringing life through the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And it is in this ministry, as he shares the good news of Jesus, affliction came, which nearly killed him. But he continued to operate in the spirit of faith because this faith is strengthened, is strengthened by the knowledge that even in death, Even in death, he will be raised to life in Christ. That is the faith that he had, which brings us to our reading. In chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. Before I read, let me take a sip, please. There it is. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles, achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen. Amen. That is God's word for us today. That is God's word. Paul reminds us, those of us who have a relationship with Christ, are the ones who have been entrusted to share this glorious gospel. And I don't think Meg's going to have any problems there with all that energy that she's got. However, we are fragile. We are fragile. Earthen vessels who will face hardships and trials. And as we encounter the winter seasons of our soul, we are encouraged not to lose hope. Don't lose hope. So let's take that unforced, let's seek, let's seek that unforced rhythm of grace as we walk through these verses by asking these three questions today. In our winter seasons, where does our confidence come from? Where do we get our confidence? What do we carry through our winter seasons? And lastly, how do we see through the darkness? So to our first question, where does our confidence come from? It comes from the assurance of an inner reward. comes from an assurance of an inner reward. The primary reason that Paul remained upbeat about life and ministry is given in this easy-to-remember saying, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Our bodies are wearing down minute by minute. Now, I don't have to explain to you to see and know of the difference that age makes, right? Look at me. For young people, look around. And some of us, we just need to, we looked in the mirror this morning, right? But Paul isn't describing about the physical decay as such. Outwardly, literally meaning meaning outer man, does not refer to the body. And inwardly, literally meaning the inner man, does not refer to the soul. There is no body or soul dichotomy here. Both outer man and inner man is referring to the whole person. Paul is referring to the whole individual. And the outer man refers to the status of us in the first Adam, the sinful state. And the inner man refers to our state's status in the last Adam, in Christ. Therefore, what Paul is actually saying is that the old sinful person is wasting away, being deconstructed, if I can say that, while our new self in, in Christ is being renewed, reconstructed day by day. The process of deconstruction and reconstruction is taking place right now, as our new self, as Colossians 3.10 says, we are being renewed as we learn to know our Creator and become like Him. Amen. Every day we're being renewed, day by day. And the final reconstruction, the transformation, will occur at Christ's appearing, when, he, when the whole person will be redeemed and conformed to the likeness of the last Adam of God's own son, as Romans 8 tells us. Hence, Paul did not lose heart amidst the stresses of ministry and life because he, as the old nature, was being dis- deconstructing. He was being reconstructed in the image of Christ. He was being built up from inside out in the image of our Lord Jesus And this reality is true of us as well. As we live today and even during our winter seasons, our outer self, the old self, is being deconstructed, wasting away, but our inner self, the new creation in Christ, is being constructed, being renewed day by day, more and more in the likeness of our Lord Jesus And this transformation is far too glorious and encouraging to allow the darkness to hold us down, but the light that shines within will burst forth. It will burst forth. This is the confidence that we have, the assurance of an inner reward, the ongoing sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in us, transforming us, More and more into the likeness of Jesus. And we ought to be encouraged because Paul's experience will be a template for our life in Christ. The deconstruction is typically messy, it is painful, it's hard. But our daily transformation and reconstruction is beautiful. It is beautiful. Secondly, an added reason why Paul does not lose heart miss his life's pressure in verse is in verse 17, and he says this, "For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all." Similarly, Peter says in First Peter, chapter one, "In all this, you greatly rejoice." Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth and goal, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, in glory, in honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. How encouraging is that? This is temporary. What we go through is temporary. Earlier in chapter 1 of Second Corinthians, Paul stated that he suffered affliction he had if, experienced in Asia and had left him way down beyond measure. We don't know what this affliction was, but he says that he was utterly crushed under an unbearable weight, helpless, awaiting death. The weight of his affliction was real, and in fact, it almost killed him. But here in verse 17, Paul reemploys the same words, weight and beyond measure. But in context, to minimize the deadly weight of affliction, there is this weight of glory. The weight of glory. The burden we carry in our dark winter months is not the cause but the outcome. It is the burden of glory that we carry in our winter seasons. For Paul, the affliction now seems weightless in comparison to his eternal load of glory that is to come. This is the reality of all those who through grace have become children of God. When Paul suffered affliction the winter seasons he did not focus on the focus his thoughts on how heavy the affliction was but on the glory that is to come in Christ Are you going through a tough time Are you journeying through the dark nights of the soul Believe this the afflictions the hardships the pains the trials All of these things will pass. Don't lose heart. They will pass. And more so, embrace the fact that the fires are burning away the dross so that a load of glory will be yours. Amen. Amen. So let's answer our second question. In our winter season, what do we carry? We do not carry the burden of what we are going through, but we carry the eternal weight of glory that is to come in Christ. That is what we carry. So to to our last question, in our winter season, how do we see the unseen? How do we see through the darkness? How do we see this unseen thing in darkness? Paul endured because he looked past the transitory moment to the future. For his winter season, the dark nights of the soul are transient. He says in verse 18 For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Everything that we see with our eyes and the things that we experience on this side of eternity are temporal, they are temporary. There is nothing that we can look at and experience in this world, this side of eternity, that is not transient. From the possessions that we own, the experiences that we have, the earth itself, the highs and the lows, all of these things are temporal. But the unseen is internal. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is eternal. The souls of our brothers and sisters in Christ is eternal. The promises of God is eternal. Heaven is eternal. The tragedy, though, of our times is that we have lost our eyes for the unseen and believe, hope, work, and live in the seen. We live in the visible. But Paul focused on the unseen things to come. Paul had an eternal perspective. He was knocking on heaven's door. And his hope was set on the future resurrection. For him, the grave was empty, and the absolute certainty of the resurrection was inevitable and so compelling to him, and it should be to us as well. It determined the way he lived. His future assurance shaped his life and his destiny. Paul lived with an eternal perspective. Then how do we see the unseen? How do we see the glory that is to come? Well, we stare at the cross for a really long time and trust in that work of the cross. We might not know exactly what heaven will be like and we cannot even imagine what the weight of that glory will be like. But what we can base it on is Jesus and the cross. As Jesus experienced the dark night of the soul in silence from God on that cross, Hebrews twelve two reminds us of the love of Jesus and his love for us and his Father. Now, Dan Patterson said this last Sunday, when asked with the question, how do we trust God when it is difficult to trust him? It's a long quote, but stay with me. Maybe even close your eyes just to hear what God is saying to us. What looked like the darkness in the death of Jesus was the dawn of redemption. And if God can take the unanswered prayers of Christ, and if God can take what looks like a dark night of the soul and through it open a door for all of us to know him and be saved, if God can bring about a great reversal for the ultimate end game that we see in Scripture, then maybe, maybe God is big enough to have a reason for letting things play out in my life. And grappling with the dimensions of the cross of Jesus, willingness to suffer and die for me, knowing that how much I am loved by God, of God's ability to bring great things from difficult moments, and of God's ultimate commitment to make us glorious rather than just to make us happy here in this moment. And so it's only by coming to terms to the bigness and the goodness of God on display through the cross that I begrudgingly at times lean into a God whom I know I can trust more than I can trust myself. And this is what we trust, the goodness of God and his love for us. Even through our dark nights of the soul, we look forward to the glorious life with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit for all of eternity. And this is what we see, to see the unseen. We look at the cross, we look at the death, the resurrection, and the glorification of Jesus, for that will be our story. That will be our story. This earth is temporary. It's temporal. It will not last your dark nights of the soul, your winter seasons, is just a moment. Look to the future glory with Christ. As Romans 6 says, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been unified with him in a death like his, we shall certainly, certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Amen. amen, amen. And that is the hope that we have. No matter what we are facing here and now, that is the hope that we have and that is the promise that God has given to us. So let's spend some, some time together now just reflecting on what we have heard. Just close your close our eyes. Maybe ponder on these questions. What season of life are you in right now? And how will you answer these questions? Where does your confidence come from? Or where do you have your confidence in? What do you have your confidence in? What are you carrying? And what does your future look like? Let's spend some time in prayer and I'll close. Father God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that our confidence comes from the assurance of the resurrection. That we carry the weight of the glory that is to come as we appear into eternity with you. And we also thank you, though we may be in a season of hardship or trial, we are the earthen vessels who hold the treasure within that even though we are wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And we know that in time, we'll be more in the likeness of your Son. And my prayer for those who are seeking is that they may be found in you, to have the hope and the joy that we can have in you. Father, come and meet them, where they're at and bring them to yourself and we ask in the mighty name of jesus we pray amen amen Amen. we hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from mount pleasant baptist church Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.